Hey, welcome to the Christ Fellowship Podcast. This is Derek. Today we are wrapping up our series on identity. And I love in the scriptures where Jesus told people to go and tell their story. And that's what we're doing today. So we've got three people that are going to share their identity journey, what they've learned from the Lord, how that looks to apply their identity. And we hope and pray that as you go on your identity journey with the Lord, that this would help you see how practical it is to live in who God made you to be. So grab your Bible, grab some notes, and let's lean into what God has to say today. Yeah, let's, let's take a moment and, and sing these big picture things around gratitude. It's beautiful. Can we just, for a moment, can we just be really specific with the Lord? And just our prayers this, this morning. Is a, is a prayer of gratitude and thanksgiving. The scriptures tell us that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, comes down from above from the Father of lights. And so can we just take a moment and just lift up specific thank you to the Lord where you experienced grace this week, where you experienced his faithfulness this week, where you experienced him as a friend this week. change around us, around the world, but, but you are remain true. You are the plumb line. Thank you for your promise where two or three gather, you are in our midst. And today we're not trying to get you to come. We actually are trying to learn that you're already here. Yeah, thank you. And so Lord, help us, help us to recognize you today as we share our own stories, as we, as we lean into how you've worked in our lives, in our community, and around the world, and then as we continue singing to you, would you, Holy Spirit, would you birth in us joy that will be our strength. So we recognize you, Father, Holy Spirit, and Son, and we thank you for your presence here. We honor you. And in that truth, we all say, amen, amen. Go ahead and have a seat, guys. We're going to continue responding to the Lord and worshiping Him uh, today. Uh, if you're a guest, I want to welcome you. I know we got some fresh faces here, and so uh, today is a little bit different structure-wise. Um, if you've been here very long, you know that we don't like to just get in a rut and stay in a rut. We like to mix things up. Uh, I think it's good for us as we engage with the Lord and in community. And so what we felt like the Lord was prompting us as we headed into the year was uh, to be really specific and intentional to share stories about what God is doing. Uh, so once a month, as we start this year, we felt like, man, let's, let's gather some people from our community and beyond the community, actually, even today, and have them share what the Lord has been doing in their life. And, and you're like, why would we do that? Well, uh, the scriptures actually make it really clear. This is actually the the beauty of how the gospel is shared in, in a lot of contexts. So you think about the man who um, was oppressed by demons, and so much so it says for, for many years he couldn't even live in a house. He was chained up, living in the tombs, and, and then somebody steps in. Who is that somebody? Jesus steps in, right? How many of you know that demons have to uh, bow to Jesus? Anybody else know that, right? So in this situation, this man has been oppressed. They've tried everything. They're just like, let's not mess with him. Jesus shows up. 
He casts out the demons. We know the story. He sends them into a bunch of pigs. And, and the man's response, and this is so beautiful, he's like, I want to follow you. I want to be with you. Wherever you're going, Jesus, I want to go with you. And what is Jesus' response? Look at what he says in Luke chapter 8. He says this. Uh, if we can get the screen here. You guys have it up there. Luke chapter 8, Jesus speaks to him. He paused. Dramatic pause is what Jesus did here. There it is. Jesus says, what does he say? He says, I want to stay. And then he says, no, return to your home and declare um, how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Do you know what Jesus told him to do? Tell your testimony. He didn't say go to the Torah and find a specific verse and, and find, no, 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 that's great sometimes. But what did he tell him? He said, you've encountered God, now go tell somebody about it, right? Or you think about the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, right? She has this encounter with Jesus. She, she, she's struggling. She's full of shame. She's got a life going on. And then once again, in the midst of our shame, in the midst of our challenges, Jesus shows up and he speaks truth and he cuts through. He cuts through. And she's like, she has this revelation, wow, you're the Messiah, you're the one that we've been waiting for. You are the one. And she has this revelation, and what does she do? Does she go and does she unpack every scripture? No, no, this is, this is what she does. She says that uh, she goes back to her people, and it says many Samaritans from the town believed, came to faith in who? Jesus, because of what? Because of her testimony. And this is what her testimony, this is how powerful her testimony, this is how like, simple it was. He told me everything that I ever did. Wow. Like that, that's what it takes. And so as we're talking about like going into our, our schools or going into our workplaces or like you don't have to be so overwhelmed with, man, I got to know like, like the Romans road or I got to like memorize all these scriptures. No, no. Jesus is like, no, I, I just want you to tell, tell people about what I've done to your, in your life because there's, there's power in that. So this morning I got a, a crew here that's going to join me. I want you guys to come on out here. Can we honor them as they come out here? We got some friends that are going to be sharing this morning. And today we're going to wrap up our identity series. And, um, and remember, we've been talking about two types of identities. And I've asked them to share about each one of these. So the first identity that we've been talking about the last three weeks or so um, is lived identity. Lived identity. And that's uh, what we come to believe about ourselves. It's a deeply held belief uh, that's formed through experiences, through relationships, uh, through self-reflection. And sometimes that's true, but have you ever had a thought about yourself that's not true, actually, anybody besides me in the house, right? And so that, that happens sometimes. And so as people in the kingdom, we want to recognize uh, that the father of lies wants to speak lies over our lives, right? And so this lived identity, sometimes we hold on to this and we live that out. And he's like, no, 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 I want you to know the truth. And so, so in, instead of living in the lived identity, we've been really encouraging and, and, and really inviting everyone in our community to, to lean into this other kind of identity, and, and that's our true identity. And you say, what is, what is the true identity? Well, uh, Bob Hamp uh, gave us a quote uh, that said, the true identity is the blueprint that God had for you when he created you, in which you were designed to reveal him to the world. It's uniquely made, not like everybody else. You're uniquely made and God made you intentionally, specifically on purpose. Why? To be a, a, a representative of him on the earth like nobody else could, right? And so we've been talking about these two. And so I've asked um, these friends of mine to, to share a little bit about their journey. And the hope is today that as they share their journey and how they've kind of journeyed through hearing from the Lord and identity and how that looks to apply that, that all of us, some of the 
walls that we maybe put up or some of the ways that we're like, oh, could God do that in my life? Like, like we're all just normal people. And, um, and our prayer is that you'd be filled up with hope and faith that God wants to speak over you too, as well about who you really are. All right. So I'm going to have Brandon uh, kick us off here, man. Brandon, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey guys, um, my name is Brandon, and I'm married to uh, my beautiful wife Monica. Yeah, who did your wedding, by the way? Uh, Derek. Yes, that's right. It's great. It's fun. I, fun I was wedding. the one of the lucky ones. I actually got Derek to marry <laughs> oh, <no>. me. Uh, <laughs> beautiful and, wedding. Uh, and so, yeah, we've been married like six months, and I've been in, in at CF since uh, twenty twenty one, and I moved here in order to learn how to live out my identity. Um, I learned my identity uh, in a really dark season where I didn't have much hope and I was lost and I really was looking for hope. Um, Everything that I had seen before and placed my identity in had crumbled and it was a hidden place. I was living actually in Atlanta and uh, God started to, like I went to a mentor's house and God started just to shatter things that I believed about myself. I came from a community where I didn't really uh, believe that God spoke. And uh, I started, my mentor, I remember I was out at a pool and he started to just pray over me. And and these like chains just started falling. And I heard beloved, that I was his beloved son. And Hmm. uh, I couldn't believe that I was his beloved son. That was like the furthest thing from the truth of what I really believed inside. And so through that journey of receiving that identity, like I, I, I had a wrestling of like, I literally, when I first received it, I told everyone I'm God's beloved because I wanted to see what they really said about that. Mm. And, 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 and in that process of me receiving uh, being beloved, he just kept on speaking more and more and more and more, and it's been this journey of going deeper with that. And um, I love that. So real quick, right there, yeah. like we talked about, there's this shared identity, right? Yeah. So we know that we're his beloved, right? We know that from the scriptures, all of us. But oftentimes, where the Lord starts in our journey is he wants to remind us of the, like a foundational thing that we really struggle with. So I love what Brandon just said. Is like he struggled to believe this foundation that we're beloved sons of God, right? Yeah. He's like, we can't go and build on any foundation until we get this right. And so I love that he said, we're going to believe this first. And then from that shared, then he began to speak some specifics over you, right? Yeah. And in that season of being his beloved, I had to just literally sit with him. I had to learn how to be with Jesus in order to be his beloved son. And there was times like it was there was this like nine month journey of like literally the only thing I did was just sit on a rocking chair and receive my belovedness. And this these lies would just start to fall off and fall off and fall off. And and then God started to speak more specific identities like I'm a king and like just different things as as I continue to receive. And uh, right now, the identity that Jesus is speaking to me has been speaking to me is that I'm a relational father and. Um, I'm in the business world, and uh, that, like, practically plays out where, like, this last week, um, someone that I work with, his best friend died. And God said, as you've received being uh, my son, I want you just to, 
like literally listen to him and love him mm-hmm. and just and, and let him cry. He literally needed to cry. He had lost his family and he had, this was like one of his closest relationships and he just cried on, on a Zoom call with me and like I didn't need to even say anything because I already knew who I was. It's not something I do. It's something who I am and oh, deep in who on, I am. And so God's just been teaching me. It's just like, okay, sometimes being a relational father means I need to critique and energize and, that, uh, and fire people up. And sometimes there, there's just so many different ways that God's inviting me to love, but I have to first receive, God, what do you want me to do right now? And how does that look like in, in this situation? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, and if, I haven't, if I'm believing a lie about God, I'm probably not going to be able to reflect who God's really made me to wow. be. Yeah, that's true, man. Can we give it up for Brandon, relational father here? And I love how you're applying that in the business world. So, like, all we're talking about, like, every time we're sharing here on a Sunday, we never want it to where it only makes sense in the context of a Sunday morning church. Like, that's not who we are. That's not what we're trying to be. Like, the truth we're talking about, the gospel, the good news of God speaking should apply in every area of our life, right? And so I love how the identity that God's speaking over you, you're like, how does that look in the business world? How does that look in friendships, even in your marriage and your family? And so, yeah, man, honor you and the journey you've been on. That's so great. So, Jenna, why don't you introduce yourself? I think a lot of people know you, but why don't you introduce yourself? I don't, I don't know about that, but um, my name's Jenna. I have been going to Christ Fellowship for five years. My husband is Richie. He's on staff um, here. We are from Michigan, and we had met... Jamie Winship at a church um, in Michigan and connected us with Derek, and we're here, been here five years. We have two little boys, four and one, um, and I also work full-time um, at a university in the Tri-Cities. And yeah, I feel like this is a big topic to talk about because it's such a journey, um, as is hearing God, but I feel like a, a lived identity um, that I really wrestled with and have my whole life is just being this like high achiever, doer, earn God's love kind of person. And I wouldn't have said that. I grew up in the church um, and, you know, I was always kind of that youth group girl and those kinds of things. And I just felt like if I wasn't doing all the things, then God wasn't going to love me or use me, those kinds of things. And that was kind of this like doer, achiever mentality that I was living in. Um, And I've, as I was been on the journey of hearing God's voice, I was just spending time with him one day. Um, I, was, I was in a ministry setting, pouring into young high school girls. I was, I was in the college season, and or younger college girls, and I felt like the Lord said, I've chosen you to steward the mysteries of God by multiplying your faith in the next generation. Like, go. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> and then later, I felt like, he was like, you know, you, you're a multiplier. Um, and I, I got this picture of a kind of a ripple effect. It was like me and not like anything like this, like a one-on-one coffee with a girl wrestling with something going on in her life and it clicking for her and then her going and sharing that with somebody else and pouring that love onto someone else and that person then pouring onto somebody else and just this kind of ripple effect, um, specifically in, in, in younger people and that's been something that I feel like um, I've wrestled with in the doing versus the being of that. I felt like the Lord is constantly reminding me that an identity isn't something that I do. It's someone that I am. It's someone that he's called me. And that I can only be hearing that and knowing what to do if I'm in the presence of God and spending time with him and hearing his voice. Um, Psalm 46.10 really has resonated with me in my identity because it's 
you know, the be still and know that I'm God, I will be exalted among the earth. And it's that be still and know, like the experiential knowing has to come before that I'll, I'll be exalted among the earth. Like I want to use you, but you need to be still and know first to experience me and get your identity from me. Um, and I kind of something else I, I was struggling with just walking through this is that um, when I was pregnant with my first son, I was kind of like, oh, I'm going to have to pull back from ministry and I can't volunteer as much. And what is my high school girls going to think? And those kinds of things. And I was in a prayer setting again. And I felt like the Lord was like, you're literally multiplying your faith in the next generation, but it's just going to be in your household this time. I was like, okay, wow. Um, And then I was thinking about work too. Again, I worked in a university setting and he was like, look around. Like you're, there's tons of the next generation around you. So I've been lately meeting with some high or some college girls at the university I work with in my, in my spare time, just like pouring into them. And, and it, it really like makes me alive. And I think that's something with our identities too. Like when you, when I feel alive and like, you can just sense the Holy Spirit on you, you know, you're operating in your identity and it's a unique to you. Um, and, and I think that's kind of where I'm at in my journey. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, um, for you. So like a doer, I think a lot of us can relate to that. Like if, you know, if you grew up in the church, sometimes we're like, I got to do, I got to do for yeah. the Lord. And if I'm not doing the right things or if I'm doing all the things, somehow the Lord's not going to love me as much, or I'm not you know, going to be worthy of whatever. Um, I think that's an easy thing to buy into. Right. And so we talked about a uh, lived identity is easy to live into, like, mm-hmm. but that, that when the Lord speaks to us about this is who I want you to know you are, that takes faith. Was that a hard thing for you to hear? Like, like that, hey, you're a multiplier? Was that like, but like, do you, do you point to all the things you're not or whatever? Like, what was that journey of like receiving that? Was that hard for you to say, okay, yeah, that's who I am? Or was it more like, yeah, actually, that's who I am? I think a little bit of both. It yeah. clicked because I was, I, you know, when I was in middle school, I was leading an elementary school girls small group. Like it's always been in me. Mm-hmm. And I think it was easy for me to believe it in my head, but to believe it in my heart mm-hmm. that the Lord is like, I care about who you are and not what you do. Because I think I, a lot of identities have some sort of action piece to them. So always remembering it's God, what do you want me to know first? And then what do you want me to do second? Um, and so it's a journey, and there's always days when I'm like, oh, I'm not doing enough, and the Lord's like, no, no, like, it, it's who you are, sit with me, yeah. let me speak to you and remind you. Yeah, that's a great reminder. So as we're, man, leaning to the Lord's voice, as he, it's not just a one time and done. I think that's the misconception sometimes, even in our community, you're like, well, I heard the Lord, and even Brandon, like, I heard the Lord, but then it's like, how do I live that out every day? It's like we so easily fall back into I got to do or, you know, this is who I'm, I'm, I am. And I got to lean in. It's like, no, like I want to speak to you today. This is who you are. I remind you today. And so love that. Can we give Jenna uh, honor her? Yes. So grateful for your family. So good. All right, man. Luke, man, tell us a little bit about how you got to the stage, man, because you're not part of this immediate community but you connected with our community. So give us a little background. Yeah, that's right. Um, I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, okay. <laughs> um, I'm married to my wife, Ashley. We have three kids. Um, and I got connected to uh, CF. I work for a ministry uh, called Unlimited Potential. We're a ministry in Major League Baseball. We minister to um, former and retired players. We're, we're all former players. Um, and so we got... Uh, connected with Jamie last year, 
I want to say in maybe November, October, November, um, and kindly started diving into um, this identity journey. And, um, uh, you know, I, we, we, we read Jamie's book as a staff and, you know, we were kind of diving into it and like, cause obviously there's something there, uh, or there was something there and there is something there in all of our souls where we want to know exactly who Jesus says that we are, um, and how we feel that with so many different things. As for me, you know, the lie that I grew up with was that, um, I'm not good enough and that I'm a failure and then going into ultimately um, my career, my playing career, uh, as, um, as I was uh, able to play baseball at the University of Tennessee and, and played for the Kansas City Rolls for 10 years, um, you know, obviously the lie that I believe that I'm not good and I'm a failure, and then it gets put into what I do, mm-hmm. um, and then you come up with an ego that's not real and made up and, uh, that's how, that's how you cover and that's how you cope. Um, and so it's, you know, and, and as, you know, as this journey unveiled, you know, I started to realize like, you know, when I rolled out of the womb, I didn't ask Jesus to throw a baseball really fast. (laughs) You know, that, that wasn't my choice. Um, I didn't get to decide that. And so, but then I wrapped my identity into it because that was the environment that I was in. I knew how to act like a ball player. Uh, my capabilities lined up. And so, you know, it just kind of came to this point where it's like, well, that's who I am, <laughs> is a ball player. And, but I knew that there was more to it than that. Um, because it, at, at some point, the jersey comes off your back, right? Nobody's 50 um, still playing. And so... Um, I started kind of to go down this trail of like, I mean, if, if that's, if that's it, then I mean, what a waste when it's done, then what, you know? And so, um, uh, after my playing career, I came on staff, um, um, because I loved what I loved was stewarding the relationships inside the clubhouse. And, um, and that's, that's ultimately what I miss from playing is, is the relationships inside of inside of a, a baseball clubhouse and that's what I desired um, and it was just to be a part of something bigger than yourself at some levels um, and so from that standpoint uh, I knew that there was something more I love to share uh, Jesus with my teammates and then you know kindly this journey that we've gone through as a staff within this last year has been, um, it's been unbelievable to just be able to realize and hear from Jesus exactly who he calls us. And um, when I first started praying this um, and asking Jesus who he says that I am, those were some of the things that I heard was, you are beloved, you are being redeemed, Mm -hmm. um, and you are loved, right? Which basically goes to the lies that I believed about myself, that I'm not good enough and I'm a failure. Um, and so, you know, when I first started hearing that, I was like, yeah, you know, I get it. I know that, you know, just because I grew up in the church as well. Like I knew the information, but I really didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Jesus was like, you need to know this. Like, Yes, you probably learned this in a Bible study when you were 10, but like you need to know this. 
And so um, once I got to the point where I realized, like, I really haven't received that. Um, and I mean, I, I felt like I prayed forever. You know, I feel like everybody else on our staff was getting these cool names and I'm like, yo, I want the cool name. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I just kept praying. I just kept hearing that over and over and over again. And, um, finally I was like, Jesus, like I get it. Like, but I want the cool name. <laughs> and, uh, and I felt like he just, he just kept pressing that into me. Like you need to know that you are loved and that you're being redeemed. And so, uh, you know, when, when I was finally able to receive that uh, is when I really felt like, and that was, uh, we came to the export here last year, I think it was in March. And it was then um, walking through that at the very end, uh, I think when we went through the identity prayer and I heard Stuart Giver, um, and it, it just, it made so much sense uh, just over my career and over my life. Um, and I say my career because baseball was such a big part of my life. I mean, at, at some levels, it was, it was my God and that's what I served. Um, and, uh, and so just seeing this come to fruition um, and then understanding like that's, that's how Jesus has knitted me and formed me is I received from him. It's like I said, it's none of my own asking. Um, like I received the ability to throw a baseball well and I stewarded it and now I give it away. Um, and so it's, it's this cool image that I, that I see myself, uh, that Jesus just hands me this stuff I steward it, and then I go give it away. And uh, like Jenna said, that's, that's when I'm most alive. And so right now what I do is I'm on campus full-time at the University of Tennessee um, with the baseball team as the chaplain, um, which a lot of kids don't know what a chaplain is <laughs> anymore. And so <laughs> I introduced myself as a personal development leadership coach. Yeah. <laughs> Covert. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. Um, and so, like, in the midst of that, like, when I walk into that clubhouse, that's when I feel most alive. That's when I really feel fully surrounded uh, with joy. And um, every morning when I wake up, I have to, I have to hear it. Um, I ask Jesus to appoint my day. Who do you want me to meet with? What do you want me to know? What do you want me to do? So good. Um, and then I have to ask him, like, who do you say that I am? I have to hear that every day because we're a forgetful people, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm probably the worst at it. You know, I can roll out of bed, grab a cup of coffee and hit the ground running and, and completely forget that. And I, I need to hear that every single day. And then it's through that lens that I operate all day. And so being in that clubhouse, it's like, I ask Jesus all the time. Like anytime I walk into a scenario, it's like, what do you want me to steward? And what do you want me to give them? Come on. Wow. And so, uh, like walking into the university of Tennessee, I, I ask him every, pretty much every day. What do you want me to steward? I want you to steward the relationships with these young kids, mm -hmm. with these young ball players. What do you want me to give them? I want you to give them me. Perfect. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And so um, this journey has been unbelievable, um, and especially in our staff, um, and just to see our staff start to move um, and start to operate out of our own identities 
and just the, the way that Jesus is, is starting to place things in our lives, uh, place the relationships, um, you know, there on campus. What he's given to me is, is those relationships, and I'm to steward them well. I get three or four years to steward the relationships with these guys, and then I give them back to Jesus. And so um, living that identity out is ultimately what I've always desired. Um, I've always seen it in my life. Um, but hearing it from Jesus is ultimately what has transformed that. I just, I, mean, I really wish that I knew this 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. That, would have been, yeah. that would have been huge. But now it's, uh, it's a cool opportunity that I have that I can share with these young college kids or these major league ball players that, that we deal with now that we can give that to them so they can steward that. And you're starting to see that, right? Even, and you don't have to get details, you know. But even on the UT baseball team, can I get a little woo woo? I'm for UT baseball, but uh, you're seeing some of this transformation with identity. The stuff we've been teaching the last couple, like, like it's it's bigger than this community. Isn't that beautiful, right? It's like moving across the world in lots of ways, but you know, uniquely, it's you know, you're getting to leverage that and helping kids lean into who God says they are. Yeah, even on the baseball team. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. Um, and as you can imagine, uh, a baseball clubhouse can be a dark place. Um, you know, guys are good at, you know, a, a certain ability and, um, you know, in that world, they make money and people love them. And so you can see how this, you can kindly become your own God and it, it can, it can be a dark place. And, and sometimes it can be a hard place to share the gospel. Um, you know, it's like, why do I need a God? You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm in the big leagues or, you know, whatever it is, but it has been so awesome to see this. Uh, so this fall, um, our discipleship group uh, at the University of Tennessee, we started it, and I took them through the identity exchange, and we walked through that as a group. And um, to see these young kids uh, who grow up in this world that the world's basically telling them who they are or who they should be, depending on how many followers they have on Instagram or whatever, whatever the lie is, um, the stress that they feel like nothing is private anymore. Everything is on public display. And so the anxiety levels, um, the pressures are so great and everybody has full access at them now. And so, um, to watch these, to watch these young kids walk into this and understand exactly who they are and who God created them to be just so happens they have the ability to play the game of baseball that they didn't get to choose um, and and to watch them weave through this clubhouse has been awesome and so um, ultimately the reason that I'm here be able to be here today is because um, one of the guys on the team Jesus calls him a loving teacher and so I'm missing chapel this morning but He's taken over. And so as a loving teacher, of course he would teacher. take over chapel, yeah. which is amazing. And yeah. I'm not a teacher, and so this works great. And so <laughs> um, which ultimately now he's taken over the discipleship group. There's another guy in that in that group that um, that Jesus calls him a selfless leader, and another guy that Jesus calls him a gatherer. And so I'm like, listen, you guys don't need me. I just work myself out of a job, and that's like the ideal situation. <laughs> and amazing. so it is it's been really, really cool to see these to see these guys, um, you know, kind of walk into that, but also to, to experience it personally. Yeah. Can we thank Luke for sharing this morning? 
And I think it's, it's encouraging and um, powerful to hear, like in the business world, so many people, uh, we get our identities all jacked up. And what's crazy is even you can get to the, to the top because you've been in some pretty big circles, Brandon, and there's still brokenness, you know, and I think that's the scariest thing as we talk about. You know, we, we look in life for purpose and identity and who we are, and the, the worst place to be sometimes is on the mountaintop, whether it's in business, you know, whether it's, man, I wanted to get to ministry or whatever, I wanted to do that, or whether it's like I get to the big leagues and you look around, you're like, I'm not any more complete than I was when I was in minor leagues or when I was in high school. Like, I'm, like this doesn't get it. And that's honestly, I think, the scariest place for most people, right? Because that's not who they are. That's a lived identity. That's not who God calls them to be. And so to hear, whether it's business, whether it's a home or university or in the majors, how the Lord can speak truth and set us free and, um, and allow us to be everything God designed us to be, that's beautiful. And I think that's what everybody wants, right? Everybody wants that. And so, uh, man, I hope you were encouraged uh, with these guys sharing. Uh, what I want to do is I just want to pray um, a simple prayer and lead us. Um, and so I'm just going to ask you to stand up before we sing anyhow. And I love how each one of them in their unique ways shared how Jesus specifically uh, spoke to them and how it was a journey. It wasn't just a one-time thing, but how he built on it. Like Brandon heard, beloved, you got to learn that. Or like Luke, the Lord wanted his, him to really get not in his head, but in his heart and really believe that he was loved to lay that foundation so that then they could really step into everything God had called them to be. As we were praying for this morning, we really felt just a real clear uh, unifier was that Jesus is in the room. And he is every, every room we go in and every Sunday we gather, we know he's here. But there was something the Lord was just really highlighting that Jesus is in the room. And the question I ask a lot of people when I'm out and about and talking to people locally or around the country is, is, is if Jesus was right here, how would he introduce you to me? Like he probably wouldn't lead with telling me your job or telling me how much money you make. Or he definitely wouldn't lead by telling me all the ways you've messed up and how, how you felt like you failed. But, but there's a truth that Jesus knows about you, that he loves so much, that he would tell me if we were to say, Jesus, who, who's this person? And so let's just take a moment as we've been here. And let's just ask the Lord Jesus today, Right now in this moment, remind me or speak to me the first time what you want me to know about myself. What do you see when you see me, Jesus? I love how Luke said, man, it's a, it's a daily practice where it's like, man, I can easily hit the floor and running, but man, I, I want to be rooted in the truth of God. This is who you say you are, and I'm going to believe you, but then Lord, who do you say that I am? And I want to live into that today. And so, so Lord, I thank you just for moments where we're reminded to, to pause and to, to ask you for truth. Thank you for all the ways you speak, whether it's through the scriptures, whether it's as we pray and you give us an internal voice or whether it's through other people or through nature there's so many ways vision dreams we just thank you for the fact that you speak and that when you speak it always is filled with truth and that truth sets us free 
So Lord, as I pray for our community that we would be a people saturated in truth about who you are and truth about who we are, that we wouldn't just live into that lived identity, the thing spoken over us, the thing the enemy wants us to believe, but we would actually lean into the truth every single day. And we would find joy and purpose and hope and healing as we live into the unique and authentic person that you created us to be so that we can be a revelation to the world about how great this God is. So Jesus, we thank you that you define us. We thank you that you have modeled what humanity is meant to live on the earth in relationship with God and community with one another, filled with your spirit, led by the spirit, that we could see the kingdom of God come on this earth, that your will would be done right here in our workplaces, in our schools, in our churches, in our communities, our neighborhoods, as it is in heaven. And so today, Lord, we're going to lean in and we're going to worship you, the one true God. We're going to exalt the name of Jesus. We're going to give you thanksgiving. We're going to give you praise, a sacrifice of praise this morning because you're the one who speaks. You're the one who saves. You're the one who gives us life and leads us to life. You resurrect dead things. And you are the truth that sets us free. So we honor you, King Jesus. Amen.